bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. You want that bochinche? Si la copa está llena, yo te doy la bendición. So what if we get batches? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brush and pop it off. Hey, we pop, pop, and pop it off. We, we pop, pop, All pop right. The episode's about to start. But before we start, we just wanted to let y'all know that we had a little bit of technical difficulties with the audio with this episode. We're really sorry about it. But the conversation was just so good that we really wanted to release this conversation with Latinos Out Loud. We promise that we're going to do our best to get them on another episode and do it correct. But until then, enjoy this episode. Now back to the whole chin What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this episode, we are so fucking honored to have the talented, hilarious, our inspiration for a lot of what we do on this podcast, We Are Latinos Out Loud. Who the fuck are you guys? (laughs) So who the fuck are (laughs) y'all? Wow. We we do a lot of sound effects. Who are you? That's a great question. Who aren't me? The existential crisis of life. We go down the line. So, Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Hi. I'm Rachel Ann La Loca Strauss Muniz. And I'm a podcaster. I'm a momedian, which means I'm a mommy and a comedian. Nice. Ooh. Most of the comedy comes from home. Anyway, I literally picked up a turd today in the bed. In the bed. Um, in the bed. Oh. Oh, that's like the third one in a week. <laughs> he told me, he's like, Mommy, I forgot to tell you when I was changing into my pajamas, it just slipped out. Oh. Wow. And I was like, I got a good note. Wow. Wow. I'm part of the Latinos Out Loud podcast. I guess I'm a writer, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I write some stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. How much else should I say? Here? Where are you repping? I'm repping BK to the fullest, gas up fullest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm repping BK, Brook Nam, cough up along where I'm from, Sheepshead Bay, son. Oh, shit. Um, wow. Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, but I reside on the Upper East Side of Manhattan now. Hello, pinky up. <laughs> pinky up, nose up, chin up, you know what I mean? Pull up and kick up on the Upper East Side. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm Dominican and my dad is Russian Jewish. Wow. Yeah, I have a really, really fond appreciation for both cultures. That's dope. Have you been to Russia? I've never, but I think I'm going to Israel in October. Ooh. Are you doing one of those birthright trips? Something like that. It's like adult birthright. Yeah. It's weird. I missed out on birthright. Right. And you know what? So all the Jew haters out there that didn't tell me about Jew haters. Oh, shit. Jew haters. You know, Jews go to Israel for free. It's birthright. It's like the right of... Dominicans should do that, too. Yo, I would have done that, yo. Damn well, mad people be sending their kids. Yeah. I would have qualified, but I missed out on that shit, but I think I'm making up for it as an adult, which I think is better anyway. Right. Hello. 
you know, it'll be fun. I heard Tel Aviv is like lit, lit. So the Israelis party really hard. I party with them at work. This is a like primarily Israeli company and like, whoa, those motherfuckers party harder than Dominicans. So Yeah. yeah. It's I did see hard a lot body. of Israelis in the club back in the day. Like they were out there dancing like Z Cabarichis and shit. Yeah. And <laughs> so that's me. Is that enough of me? Yeah. Enough of you. All right. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, Michael Diaz. Hey, Mike. Uh, I don't have a middle name. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, uh, my siblings actually have middle names. Are you the only one who doesn't? No, the first, the, the oldest and the youngest, we don't have middle names. Oh. We're trying to figure out the mystery of it. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. like, you know, we don't have that. Um, I'm the oldest, but I'm not junior. My brother's a junior. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm still, you know, unpacking, yeah. which I put into the comedy because I'm like, why am I not a junior? Uh, I rep a couple of places. Uh, I rep New Rock, New Rochelle. That's where I was really? born. Yes. Um, my uh, Interesting fact, my father, the best man for my father's wedding was Greek. So I have some Greek influences. Nice. Uh, I love Greek yogurt. I'm actually part of my diet right now. <laughs> Then I rep Connecticut Hard Body uh, from the mean streets of a small town called Reading, Connecticut, of oh. 6,000. But there, you know, there was a lot of violence that involved with deer. Oh. And then uh, Washington Heights, I was there for 18 years. Wow. And now I'm currently in the South Bronx. Which, hey, where in the Bronx uh, you at? Right near Yankee Stadium. Oh, shit. Yeah. Everybody say that. Everybody says, yeah, I'm right near Yankee Stadium. Because that's the only spot they know. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> 10 miles away from Yankee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Same train line. What? Uh, and I don't know. Like when it comes to comedy, I mean, obviously Rachel and I, we've we've pretty much delved in, in, in every type of comedy, pretty much scripted, uh, podcast, online radio, um, sketch comedy, Room Twenty Eight. Um, I've done short films, uh, feature, blogged. So I think I've pretty much dived in in every type of form of comedy. Yeah. And now it's just focusing on just writing and the podcast. What about Christian comedy? Have you done that yet? I dated someone for a while, and to make her laugh, I had to do some Christian comedy. It just didn't work out. I cursed too much. Oh, you can't do that. Yes, yeah, so I had a bleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll just stick to non-Christian comedy. You know what's crazy is that the first time I ever saw Michael perform live was at a cafe in... La Pregunta Cafe on 137th Street, across the street from City College. Oh. So I saw Room 28, and oh you guys did the Jesus, like, I think it was, like, wrestling skit or something like Jesus. that. Jesus. If, if Jesus. So it was a scenario of, right. like, Jesus being something else. It was, like, a wrestler, which was J.W. Cortez was that. Yes. And that was Jamie and Jerry. And, like, I think one of them was, like, if Jesus was a stoner. Yes. And so, like, it was different variations of it. And I thought it was, like, the funniest shit I had ever yeah. seen in my life. Like, and I had, I wrote about after we saw the Room 28 show, and I actually learned about you guys through Elmo because Elmo worked with my sister at an ad agency. Yeah, yes, yes. And, and, yeah, and I just, like, you know, like I said in the Instagram post, it was my sister brought me out because she was like, oh, you think you're the only Dominican person out here doing stuff in theater? Because I went to LaGuardia High School, and I was like, nice. yeah. So I was like, oh, this is great, but there were definitely not enough kids of color in drama. Like, it was like, the drama department was, like, the whitest department in the school. Um, and so I was like, there's no help for Dominicans in theaters. I'm going to have to do everything first by myself. And my sister was like, actually, no. And, like, <laughs> let me show you some people who are doing it. And so for 
for me, it was really the first introductions of seeing any sort of Dominicans yeah. from New York doing anything. So, like, yeah. when I say, like, yo, I look up to y'all, it's not some kiss-ass shit. Like, I genuinely, like, at the age, I think it was 15 at the time, saw you guys for the first time and, like, watched y'all grow. And this was before social media blew up. Mm -hmm. So, like, when social media came back and, like, I re, like, you know, captured you guys and saw the mm -hmm. work you guys were doing, it was really exciting. I would always talk to Skittles about it and be like, oh, my God, we have to see a show. We have to see a show. And finally, Skittles got to see a Room 28. Yes, it was my first one. Yes, oh, my first thank one. God. Wait, we got to hear from Frank discuss. What? I love hearing first-timers. Like, <laughs> Rachel's like the human focus group. She's like, wait, you went? Can you fill this out real quick? Don't have to put your name, just you could be anonymous, but like, still. Okay, really quick questions. What did you expect going in, and what did you get coming out? Um, I honestly had never been to a sketch show, period. So I didn't really know what to expect other than the fact that I was going to see sketches, and I expected it that it would be Latin, like Latino-centric, um, you know, content. What I really enjoyed was how you guys engaged us from beginning to end. Like from, I didn't realize that the 90 minutes passed at all. Like when you guys had finished the first sketch, I was like, it's done. Um, and I love that you guys like, you know, the way you guys you know, mixed it up. You had a sketch, then you had a stand-up, then the screen came down, you showed a video, you showed your digital content, you had your advertisements for We Are Latinos Out Loud happening. No, and I loved it. I thought it was brilliant because I was like, it wasn't, it just wasn't too much of anything. It was like a nice tasting of everything, and I thought that the sketches were hilarious. Uh, you know that my favorite one was the lineup. Pick up. Uh, yeah, we, that's my shit, and honestly, We know. Honestly, we know. Honestly, honestly, I'm gonna I'm speak it into existence right now that says I will one day go to a lineup to find her boo, because only one of them, only one of them did the crime. So fuck out of here, like there's exactly. <laughs> yeah, that shit was so funny, and the and the coat sketch. I liked a lot of them, but that was my that, that specifically that one was like my favorite. Shout out to Alessio, he's so good at taking off his shirt when the. When <laughs> and then he okay, so here's the thing: the entire time, he took off his shirt, and I was like, Julissa, yo, Julissa, that's daddy right there, that's daddy. And then this motherfucker got engaged at the end of the show. Like, didn't even give me like two seconds of the chance. You couldn't even flirt after the like, show. Hey. You couldn't even like flirt after yeah, the show. I couldn't, he was just gone. He was yeah. basking I felt, in the I, marriage. I felt obligated to go to his fiance and be like, "Congratulations." <laughs> <laughs> Learning lesson: next time, go to the first show because he didn't, and you would have had like a good three hours of still. You know what I mean? Oh, very good, very good. A good son, too. Podcast. Prodigal son? Producer. <laughs> I rep the heights all day, all night. Born and raised. Yeah. And, um, Are you Dominican? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said born and raised in the heights. I mean, the possibilities I mean, of being anything. There's else, a lot of so Jews in the heights. Exactly. Usually. <laughs> back in the days, back in the days. Well, Frank, I mean, we can't assume. Oh, hold on. We can't assume <laughs> that you're 100% Dominican because your last name is Nibs. <laughs> Nibs. Nibs. How do you say that in Dominican? Nibs. 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 Yeah. Nibs. 
Yo, when I first met, I was like, I by accident, because I'm just like, I'm real bad with last name. I was like, yo, Frank Nips. He's like, no, it's not nipples, it's nibs. And I'm like, my bad, bro. Dirty mind. I apologize. Experiencing the Nibs last name. I thought it was short for something. Like, you know, there was a, I don't know, some, like, I don't know. Nibs, Nibs Niago or something. Yeah. Oh. Nib Fernandez. Nib Fernandez, yeah. Yes. Awesome, awesome. So, Latinos out loud. Oh my God. And we're going to go down the line in a very organized fashion. No. Um, what is when you guys go out to brunch and you guys are, you know, with the guys or the girls or the guys and the girls and those who haven't decided yet, what are you guys choosing to drink? What is your signature brunch bebida? Well, it's funny because we have a brunch crew um, that Frank is working his way into. Yeah, I haven't got it. I'm sorry, Frank, but you know, we've been on hiatus too. We got to get back into it. We have a brunch crew. Um, we do go out to brunch. Um, it's been a while, but we were going at it religiously. So I think we know each other's drinks. I'm, for me, it's a tie between a Bellini and Prosecco. Mm. Prosecco is my go-to. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It all depends on what happened the night before. Facts. Yo, I'm a mimosa head. Like, straight up mimosa. And I I like, there's a trick that I just realized. So, if like brunch ends at 2 p.m., I like to go like around 1 30 because for whatever particular reason, the, the bartenders or whoever come, they, they know you have to get the 30 minutes worth so they can refill it a lot. Because if you go way in advance, they take their time. They'll go all the other places. So, I like to go like around 1 30 where I know I need to get the bang, you know, from my buck. Mm -hmm. So I go in later. The frequency is there. Yeah. And you and it's and you know and you enjoy it. And then you can still have the food, right? And and if it's one of those places that like you get a certain like they say, okay, you have unlimited for 90 minutes, if you show up at 130, they still gotta serve you for the 90 minutes. Um, so, damn y'all. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> wow. Yo. This is deep, yo. <laughs> this is a form. It's like a hack. This is, like is going to be like a YouTube video we, we here. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, what's yours? What's your I do the Bloody Marys. Ooh. Okay. Explícame esa vaina a me because I... That's very nibs. <laughs> very nibs. I'm like tomato soup. Motherfuckers be putting shrimp, bacon, burgers on top of this. It's una comida. Como se ve uno es all limited. The reason behind the tomatoes is that it keeps the el, el humo from the night before, the locura. And you can keep on drinking. Oh. Yes. And that's when you put the lime also. That's the whole theory behind the Bloody Marys. It keeps you going because of the tomato juice. So it keeps you going. You could drink from Saturday night into the day. Interesting. Wow. wow. Oh. I like you know what? That's like him say, don't counter me. Right. I was a bartender. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> I know this. These are facts. No, okay. I see that shit and I'm always like, that's some white people shit. Drink <coughs> tomato juice with vodka. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck is that shit? It's like some vegan drink. <laughs> shit, yeah. All right, so now you guys have your drinks or whatever. What is your signature go-to plate when Ooh. you go to brunch? Oh, we're switching it up? Why not? Why would you be so symmetrical? 
I'm just thinking about the person that's listening to it and not watching it. So, <laughs> so my go-to is, is some type of omelet. Um, I love omelets. So it'd probably be like a Spanish omelet. But if I'm on one of those like, yo, you know what? I'm going to have like 5,000 calories type of brunch. Then I will definitely have like French toast or pancakes. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, and then not eat after that because you're, well, first off, two reasons. I'm not going to eat after that because I pass out. Usually day drunk, getting day drunk is like, yo, you wake up like at yeah. seven, like, oh my God, what happened? I love it though because yeah. then at seven you're like, okay, great, second yeah. Time. yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm notorious. Yeah. I fall asleep on the toilet. I always get home. I'm like, oh, I gotta pee all this shit out. And me levanto, and it'll be 7 p.m. and I'm on my toilet, just like. Yo, I. Yeah. It is. Day drinking is such an. It's such. Day drinking is such a fascinating, you know, blur, right? right? It's like a blur. I, I, I personally prefer day drinking because you can get drunk, like, go through it, be a hot mess, and be in time for bed. Yeah. Before the hangover, before the hangover kicks in, too. So not to, because Frank, hold on. I feel like this is a theme. Before Frank continues, hold on. Have you ever, like, how many, when was, like, has this ever happened to you where you, like, make plans at night? And you go day drinking, and it's like, fuck. You got to, like, send them a text, like, nah, it's not happening. Because yeah. it's like, yo, you get too drunk, and it's like, nah, I ain't going out afterwards. It's just so difficult, All yo. the time. At plans I know I definitely don't want to make but want to commit to, I put on days where I'm brunching. Because then yeah. the drunk thing is real. Like, they go yeah. to the Instagram story, they'll be like, oh, no, yeah, she really did get drunk. Yeah. 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 Hacks. <laughs> Frank, you want to go? Before 35 years old, it was uh, chicken and waffles. Then after 35, it was uh, garden omelets. What's, what's with the age limit on the plate? I mean, wow. you know, for you youngsters, you know, after a certain age, you know, your, your body kind of changes. Digestive system. Just, yeah, it's just not the same. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All that tomato wow. juice, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 wow. Interesting. I didn't even know that. You learn something with these questions, you know that? <laughs> I really stick to one thing most of the time, and it's like huevos rancheros. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. When it's on the menu, when it's not, I'll do eggs of some sort, egg benedict, eggs. Just plain old eggs. Eggs. But I do appreciate an accompaniment of some sort of warm bread. Like if the restaurant came out with some warm bread and some jams on the side with a little pole over napkin, oh keep it warm. Okay, so. So have you ever been to Calle Ocho? Yes. They're, they're fucking, um, there's like a cinnamon bread that they have, but also the strawberry butter. And the then. Yes, yes, yes. All the sangrias, all of them. Yeah. All of them. And then there's another place in Brooklyn that has, um, they, they make you biscuits, but they have, uh, oh my God, it's like a cinnamon butter? Girl. It's called, um, oh my God, Richardson's. It's in Williamsburg. It's on the south side. Uh, it's with an R. I will let you know after the episode when I look it up. Yeah, it's so good. Big jam? Big jam. Fig jam. 
Things have been the discovery wow. of my adulthood. Things are like slept on, yo. They no. really are. They really are. People raisins think of raisins. Are the most popular in the family, but you know what? Give things a try. Yes, mm. that's that white people shit with the crackers and the shit. Yeah, especially when you're backed up. Those prunes help out. <laughs> okay, another hack. Another hack. Another brunch hack. <laughs> Everything comes out after the brunch. Yo, good class. Your intestines get out of peace. Yeah, they pull everything what? out. What? Yeah, oh my God. Every time I tell them, like, What? What? It was showtime with my organs out there. That's what I, like, oh it depends where the baby is, but they do yank a lot of stuff out. Wow. That's why the curtain's up and you don't see anything. It's major surgery. Wow. It's major abdominal surgery. That's why, like yeah, that's exactly. why mothers are the way they I'm are. the fuck out of this scar. Be like, look what you did to me. <laughs> anyway, they don't let you leave unless you do a movement, and I couldn't pass a movement with the first child. I wanted to go home so badly. I was there an extra night with a high fever. Anyway, they were like, we've tried everything. And my mother, the Dominican, was like, dale room juice. <laughs> yeah. Right away, son. Right. Right away. Yeah, wow. that's just no joke. minutes of gulping, maybe of this size tumbler. Oh, wow. Room juice. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That shit's no joke. Yeah. So tell us about what it was like going out to eat for you guys growing up. Mm. Frank, why don't you start? Oh, Frank, your turn. Um, <laughs> I grew up in the Heights, and uh, it was five boys, so we didn't really go out too much. Mm. My mother and my dad couldn't afford it. So I think I went out maybe twice. To Beefsteak Charlie's we went to. Mm. Beefsteak wow. Charlie's? Remember that? Of course I do. They had good sangria, too. My mother used to get lit off the sangria of Beefsteak Charlie's. <laughs> so going out back then also was McDonald's. Yeah. Like, yes. For real. Right. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. McDonald's was like a big thing. My mom used to take us all like on a Sunday, take us to McDonald's. So that was like the big going out thing. Yeah, nice. Mm. What about you, Michael? No, I didn't. I, my mom would cook. I mean, we never went out. I think it was very old school. Um, I think as we got older, yeah. But growing up, it literally was... It was uh, her going to church and then coming back and having breakfast and stuff like that. But the brunch experience was, was when I became an adult. So yeah. We never did brunch. I had no idea what brunch was until I was way older. Right. But we would go out a lot to eat, you know? I guess because I was the youngest of three, and by that time, I was like, vamonos, vamonos, chino, but something. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to go to Chinese food. But every fucking time... <laughs> Every fucking time, my dad would lose his patience and leave. Wow. <laughs> this damn place. Never ever, they there was never ever an outing that ended with the family together. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean there's no bread with the folded napkin on top of it? It wasn't because you guys were That's like, what my daughter wants. My dad is si paciencia. He's a Jew that's very much like, I ordered the iced tea 10 minutes ago. I'm going home. <laughs> Get that fucking Bloody Mary out of my way. It's white shit. I know I'm white, but it's wh too white. <laughs> One of the kids would act up and he'd lose it. Oh, no. Or my mother would lose it with him and she'd leave. Oh, it, it was always a different That's you know, funny. combination. Wow, that's that's an experience. Uh, all right, so when you guys are out, what is your favorite bochinche topic to discuss over oh your meal? 
Oh, well, wow. Frank, it sounds like you have an answer. You said, oh, my God. Frank, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's in your head. Let it out. Say it and look at the camera once in a while. That sounded really nice. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> we go through, I mean, we've known each other for a while, so our conversations go through a lot of different type of layers and we, we, we riff on a lot of different type of things. You'll be surprised what we riff on. But we riff on a lot of different shit. Well, we, uh, like, give me an I example. The, I bring the conspiracies, you know. I'll bring up the crazy conspiracies, you know. I let them have it. They're sick of me when it comes to conspiracies. I'm not sick of it. No, not? I'm not. No, Mike is, Mike is done. For no you. way. I've, well, actually, I could say that because I've been hearing it for 18 years. Right. <laughs> Before the podcast, I've been hearing it all the time. That's like why I was like, yo, Frank needs to be on this podcast because there is not another voice that's reflective of how Frank thinks of these conspiracies. Mm. No, when we get together, we just pretty much shit talk about other Latino podcasts. Oh, so, God. you know, we can't tonight. Oh. Did you hear that segment? It sounds just like that fake news. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> no, but y'all safe. You know what I'm saying? Well, others, we, we go in. You know what I mean? We'll tag them in this video. Rachel, what about you? What do you do when you... Well, when we go out to brunch, we do... We talk industry a lot. I think so. No, and by industry, I know that's like super vague. It could mean everything from like the Oscars to comedy show like it always comes up um what else do we talk about or like with my girlfriends i mean we definitely talk about how bad our uh, male friends are aging uh, oh. facts uh, <laughs> frank's they're gonna talk about your your chicken and waffle age limit now yeah. oh. <laughs> but this is my college circle of friends oh okay okay true That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we are in our cheers to the ladies who section where we shout out dope people doing dope shit. Mm. I am so proud that in 2020 we can have parents like Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. So uh, recently their daughter came out as trans and is now going by Zaya. Um, and they've been heavy on social media, getting T-shirts done, like really, really uh, educating the community, like their, their fan base on how they're supporting their daughter um, and why it's so important. And, and Zaya, there's a video that uh, she's with Dwayne Wade and she's just talking about, you know, being brave and like just pushing through things and the just the level of maturity for her to have at that age um, I think would not be possible without having such supportive parents um, but it's funny because like listen I'm Dominican so you know I hear the news from the American like woke lens and then I hear from the other side I know so see Melwin side como I say they're too that that 12 is too young and how could they possibly support that and so I'm curious what your guys thoughts are on on this dynamic 
I, I'm sorry. Like, but just hearing that, like, um, the the other side that you were talking about, I think that um, first off, it's beautiful. I think it's really important that also that this is a black family doing it because, you know, the other side that you were talking about was the Dominican side. You know, a, a lot of people in our community and the black and brown community are so like narrow-minded when it comes to um, the transgender community and how it relates and plays a part in the LGBTQIA community. Um, and there is a lot of education that has to go on, but I think that it's really important that they are these people because of the fact that of who Gabrielle Union is in our community and who Dwayne Wade is in our community. So I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, this idea that it's too early, I understand that some people think, you know, maybe developmentally in the mind, it may be too early, but y'all really have to understand that, like, the idea of your gender identity and being so, like, sure that this is what's happening, there's, it, it's never a time to be too early. You know, people like me, and obviously being gay and being transgender is two different things, but I knew that I was gay when I was six years old in kindergarten, so it's not too early. And one of the things that in the trans community that is kind of important is that if you are someone who can identify early enough, you can start taking treatments to allow yourself to have a better life in the future because the effects of puberty aren't, aren't affecting your body permanently yet, you know? So you can start taking hormones to kind of counteract what your body is naturally going to go through. Mm -hmm. And then when Zaya is older, um, she will have a more privileged experience and an overall better life. She's living her truth. And I also want to just cheers to Gabrielle Union because of all these celebrities making clothing lines, she has a clothing line with fashion to figure for us big girls. So shout out to Gabrielle mm -hmm. Union. Company that's really good that you'll see in the photo shoot. The the blue is the Gabrielle Union. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our rebranding photo shoot plug. <laughs> so what about you guys? What are you? I mean, Rachel, I know you're a mom. Um, what are you? What are you? What are your thoughts on this? It's so interesting because you're right, Julissa. Becoming a mom just sheds a whole new perspective on how you approach everything, and it's really instilled this anxiety. No, I, I think it's just we're in a very interesting and exciting time right now because somebody like Dwayne Wade was part of the NBA and the athletes and their relationship and their marriage is amazing because yeah. we're talking about like they're they're 
they're making these decisions at 12 is because of the awareness and feeling comfortable about it. We don't know how it was in the 80s or in the 90s and the 70s because it was very suppressed. And I think still with the Dominican culture, it's a lot of suppression. Yes. And I feel like seeing it and growing up, you know it. And I think the older generation is fading. And I believe that, yes, there's probably Dominicans that are younger, there are 12, 13, they're gonna be more brave because of what they're seeing right now. So seeing the, these power couples, they have the ability to be open-minded and embracing that, is just giving that next generation the opportunity because they're not gonna feel they're gonna be judged yeah. and they're gonna be true. So I think that's why we're living in a great time right now. I mean, I was somebody that watched a season one and two of Pose. So yeah. to have a show like that, you know, it's just a great, great opportunity to just be able to be who you are because at the end of the day, it really is about love, and a lot of suppressing that love is where a lot of the pain comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, um, for me, it's up, like about time. Uh, hmm. Growing up in New York, I was always in clubs, tunnel, red zone, so I was exposed to everything. So, man, those are my time ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Let's just be clear. Let's just be clear. Those were the chicken and waffle days. <laughs> So <laughs> everything that you guys are seeing, it was underground back in the day. So I was seeing all of it. So to me, I'm seeing it now, and I'm like, damn, it's about time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, everything that we're seeing on TV and it, we're asking society to be accepting of, like New York was seeing it way, way back when. So to me, it's like about time. I don't, that's the way I see yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the one of the things that plays into that is the um, I don't know whether I should wrap yeah. it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one of the big things that plays into that is the relationship within the gay community, LGBTQIA community, and trans folk. Because, you know, a lot of trans individuals were, like, the spearheaders and, you know, at the forefront of all of these, like, big movements for us. But within the trans community, it's kind of like how Latinos are with, like, skin color and shit. Like, there's a lot of discrimination towards our trans brothers and sisters that is now being called out and and people are like nah fuck that because right. they've they've been here but you know the same thing a gay white man is still a white man in america you know what right. i mean so like it's it's one of those things where it's like they've been put on the back burner for so long that now they're finally getting that chance to be really blossom and be at the forefront and, and, and i think to the point uh mike like like the, the idea that it is a family of color is, is even more so important because just as like our kids are needing to grow up in a safer space, um, I think even for like influencers and, and trans people who are now getting their platforms coming out, that tolerance across the board is very helpful. I think about, so in DR recently, uh, somebody put me on to La Kisti and uh, La Shakata or something like that. Mm -hmm. These two trans girls who are huge in DR, like I'm talking about like 100K followers. And it's funny because like they're out here living their best life. They remind me of city girls actually, just like mm -hmm. in their like ratchet funness. But when they go on interviews to this day, like the types of questions that people are asking them are very, actually disrespectful. Like if those interviews were to be set in the US, the outrage and all the articles that we would see would be crazy. But in DR, it's sort of like what everybody just agrees is the norm. And it's like, there are some weird motherfuckers who like, you know, are gay dudes who are dressing up like women and like dudes who like them are some really freakish dudes. And so like, they'll come onto the shows and you see that in an attempt to still 
stay safe and, and pass because it's like, oh, I'm on the show because they find me funny. And even in the moments where you can tell they're trying to laugh at them, they just like, you know, try to be like, you know, well, this is who I am. You're just jealous because I'm a bad bitch and blah, blah, But like the consistency of them having to downplay their, you know, greatness or the things that they really want to talk about and play up the stereotypes is just a way to pass in the media. So like, I think that part of it being, yes, a family of color allows it for trans people of color who are the most targeted. I, I mean, like if there was a, a totem pole, I think that in this country, especially like, Black trans people, for some reason, um, always end up at the bottom of that. Yeah, <laughs> like literally, like dying. Um, but it's an exciting time because it's Gabrielle Union. It's you know, it's Dwayne Wade. It's basketball. It's a very a man who's part of a very straight mm-hmm. world who and a great player because it's not like he's some bench motherfucker who just happens to have a kid. I mean, even Magic Johnson with his son who's gay, but like the the backlash that he gets, and you know, it's important to continue to see these. Folks. Yo, speaking of Magic Johnson, he threw out the AIDS message back in the yes. day. Yes. And he's still here. And he's still here, but advocating and just educating people on, like, you know, the stigma should not be the stigma. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, shout out to them. Um, and I'm excited to see, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to see how Zaya's girl, I mean, like, She's going to be beautiful. I can't wait to see her on the other side of it. And also shout out to her brother. He wrote this really sweet post on Instagram where he was like, I told you from day one that I would put my life, I would give you my life to make sure that you are ten toes on the ground and happy. And I was just like, yo, like solidarity amongst like, you know, siblings and just like the whole situation. Yeah. They'd be like, all right, all right, you're not special. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I have some? Okay. Okay, so now we are in our tuta loca section where we call out motherfuckers that are doing the most. The mm. internet. Mm. As per usual, is always doing the most. So I find it funny that, like, like around the holidays now, it's like I can predict which memes are gonna come out. I can predict like what the jokes are gonna be, and it's just like, all right, who had a crying video this year? All right, they're gonna put a use that and put the title of like me on Valentine's Day, me by myself, people like eating in front of mirrors, and like all these things. And and it's interesting because I'm a hopeless romantic, so I think celebrating love it should be done every day. Like I think that that is something that needs to be displayed, but. I'm also of the belief that while Valentine's Day itself is very capitalistic focused, and yes, it's about making money and all that stuff, but why can't you celebrate me still on that day special? Like, I don't, I don't understand why, because, because while the, the materialistic things are capitalism, the desire to want to be celebrated, loved, and fucked really extra good one day mm. is human. Mm. It's human. It's a human thing. And so I think that the internet puts sort of a display of the clash of people who, you know, are being pinned as gold diggers because they want to cele- be celebrated when really that's just what they want every day and that's, the, that's an excuse for them to be vocal to their partner like hey now you kind of have to do it and I don't have to feel like an asshole if I'm asking you on May you know 12th that I want something <laughs> special you know yeah. so what are, tell me a little bit about you guys and your love languages how do you guys like to receive love and how do you guys like to give love mm. Mm. Wow. who's going to go first Frank of course <laughs> the wisest one of the three. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm currently, I'm currently, I'm single right now. So, okay. But when I was, when I, when I had my significant other, um, I, I agree with you. It should be a, an everyday thing. It shouldn't just be concentrated on the 14th. 
I just think uh, now with social media, it's just people have egged it on more. So it's like the 14th has become like it's the bigger thing and you know, your significant other's looking at your social media to see if you're paying attention or putting the pictures up and giving them the love, right? So I don't know, I think that's how social media has made it like, you know, I think more, it's like more pressure on partners now. But know? how do you like to be loved? Me? And how do you give love? Um, good question, Julissa. Good question, Julissa. <laughs> I love this question. Frank, come on, Frank. No, nah, I, I like good conversation. Good conversation. Ooh. Good conversation. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not about eating in a fancy restaurant or gifts or this and that. Good conversation and good love. That's all I need. And how do you give love? Ya tu sabes, manita. Frank say, duro, duro como siempre, tu sabes, duro. Duro. Is there any eating? Do you like to eat? Of course. I mean, you need to do some free eat, eating. You know, you need some energy before you get there. Julissa, you sound. What do you do, Frank? Like a Luna bar? What do you, you know, do? like Omeida, Luna bar. bar. You know, good conversation. You get, you know, it's layers to it, you know? What about dessert? Always. Do you find yourself going down under for dessert? Of course, always. <laughs> Come on, Julie. What are we talking about? <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about here? <laughs> dessert? I'm Sure you say is there keto desserts? I don't know. So I'm trying to make sure you give all the right answers because girls are going to start sliding into your DM after this episode. But they so. do besides, but they do even besides. Oh. But nah, no, you know, it's about give and take, I think, you know, in a relationship. That's why a lot of relationships are not working. It's not a give and take. It's one side is Wow, it's, 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 it's Dr. Frank over here. Hi, guys. Guys. Um, as far as, like, how do I like to be loved? Uh, I like moments. I think moments are, you know, I think that's why, like, if you get materialistic things, they're great. But I think when sharing moments... Uh, exploring, you know, different restaurants and things of that nature and just having intimate conversations and discovering your partner. I think for me, if I'm going to be like really, you know, personal, I think for me, I've been with the same person for six years now. And I think it's just been listening more and understanding. I think we get, uh, we bring in past relationships and I think it's just a matter of just shedding them, shedding, just Letting go, shedding, just shitting on all. Well, it depends. If I'm, depends. If I'm drinking prune juice, then yes, it's shedding. Uh, no, but I just think that you know, a lot of times, especially once you're past your thirties, you get you get to a point where you're not jaded, but you you have your triggers, and I think that a lot of times it's just learning to to listen more. Um, and so I think that for me, it's just a matter of really sharing moments, and. Uh, how do I like to give laughter? I mean, I just like to. I, one thing I've learned is because I've just because of how I've been, I feel maybe it's because the way I got attention when I was a kid was just tease and make fun of. But I think I've learned more to share the moment instead of like teasing the partner, which I was I could have been really guilty of. So I think it's just more enjoying moments together and being really funny and having your little inside jokes. That's how I like to share and give. Yo, that's what happens when you don't. That's what happens when you don't drink or smoke. Hello, you discover more. You discover more sober. He's all the about pains the in the. Well, you. Well, that's a skill that I've also learned. You, when you listen, you'll find out. Mm. For me, it's simple. 
with me all day. Like hell no, girl. Okay, you could buy me <laughs> balloons. You could bring the flowers from you know the Korean store on the corner. It's it's a very nice expression of gratitude. Thank you. But show me the money. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about a cram, you know, like, oh shit, Valentine's Day is in five days. Let me be nice starting now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't cram like for a test. You know what I'm saying? I see you. Like action out the year, like you said, Julissa, on yeah. March 13th. Right. On December 6th. Right. On the first day of the autumn equinox. Right. <laughs> I don't know. The next full moon. I bought you these flowers because your ass reminds me of the full moon. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Whatever it is. Action. <laughs> but That's so sweet. Yeah, I love a good action. You know what I mean? Action. Even though I'm Dibi dibi daba babo. have a specific answer for where I'm coming from. I'm interested to hear like what comedy in an intimate moment and sharing that is like, because I don't know that I've ever... Like when he's eating you out, you let a a little (laughs) peito out and then they laugh. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That that kind of comedy? (laughs) (laughs) And then you play, is it a queen? Did it come out my pussy or did it come out my ass? Wow. Okay. I didn't get those show notes. I didn't know we were gonna. Wow, a vart. That's a comedic moment in, in love, and I, and also, so you know, sex itself is is a part of love. It's not the main thing about love. It's not the only important thing in a relationship, but it is certainly an important part of a relationship that you enjoy your partner. So, how do y'all keep things spicy in the bedroom? Mm. Wow, Frank. Hey, Frank <laughs> I mean, it depends on the partner, right? It depends on what that partner enjoys and, you know, the chemistry you and that partner has. So. You do a live podcast with a pussy, huh? I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Frank Nibs. Yeah. Live on the oh, podcast. That sounds like a porn <laughs> name in this context now, Frank Nibs. Frank Nibs. Oh. Oh, mm. yeah. Like Frank like, Nibbles? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to sex, it's more mental, right? You oh, ladies wow. understand that. It's more mental, so I think even before you get in the bedroom, it's, if you get it up here between the parties. It's totally mental, but can I also add it's more vocal than it is mental? Just listen. That's really all yeah. you Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Just so listen. it's, you know, before you even get in the bedroom, if you have that connection up here, I think in the bedroom it kind of flows. So that's how you keep it spicy. You just be, like, rocking their brain. I mean, you know, it's... Then, and then, and then mean, you look, rock their world. I mean, you ladies know there's layers to it, right? You know, once you get to know this, then you want to go to that, and then you want to you keep on going. That's why it gets boring after a while, right? Because the dude ain't taking it anywhere else, right? So 
It's about keep on, you know, keeping on discovering different different things that your partner likes. You keep it spicy and keep it interesting. You know? Absolutely. Um, for me, uh, I'm very blessed that I've had uh, a cousin of mine that is uh, Elmo Lee that taught me all the sex <laughs> growing up. You can ask him. And so, so he, 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 he's amazing. Well, he, no, he draws very well. I don't know if you were like Jerry, Jerry draws very well. So he used to show me diagrams. And so he he showed me a lot, so I learned a lot from him. Um, and so, like, you know, it's I've been blessed for that, you know. So uh, he continues he continues to learn, he continues to teach, you know. So it's yeah. a some like a sex mentor, you know what I'm saying? And because uh, he's reproduced before, so yes, he has two kids, so it's worked. Doesn't matter, metamorphosis. What is that? <laughs> Osmosis, yeah. So I, I, uh, so so yeah. Uh, all kudos, one hundred percent to Jerry, right. who's taught me very well. Shouts to Jerry. Yes. All right, Rachel. How do I keep it spicy, yo? Okay. Um, <laughs> depends on what what season. What uh, what am I dressing for? I mean, it's comedy comes into play a lot. You know. I'll throw on a wig. Oh. Wow. No, no, no. I'm just You have to be specific. You got to be specific because you have male wigs too. So is it, are you, <laughs> who's this guy? It's me, Rachel. Now turn around. My turn now. I wear the belt. Wow. Sometimes you'll see a character enter the bedroom and then she eventually becomes Rachel, but may start out as Do you ever wear the same wigs that you wear in the bedroom while we sketches? Of course. Wow. You think I got money for sex wigs? I keep my I keep my sex wigs in my closet. This bag of wigs smells funny, Rachel! Damn. Why are can you at least dry clean these wigs? Nah, nah. Why why is it why is it crunchy? Why is this <laughs> This wig This wig has I can't brush these bangs. He he got all his cum in the fucking bangs. Rachel, Damn, this is like, yo. You know what? You're so what she left conditioner in the in the wig. What's up with that? <laughs> My throat game is like spicy enough. Oh, <laughs> hello! Oh, hashtag swallow squad. Yeah, I already fucking know. Um, gosh, um, role play, you know, um, uh, I, but my, 
I'm I'm sorry, my head game is just like that that bad that yeah. like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. and okay. I I think Skittles and I are friends because we we share strategies. So like oh. we both mm. I think we both hold each other to a high standard, and so when we're talking about sex and we're like, oh well, what'd you do? Well, did you did you swallow? Did you, how deep did it go? Like I had like for example, a friend of ours was talking about how they don't really like head, and I was like, well, has she passed the threshold yet? And they were like, oh, what's What's the threshold? I'm like, well, there's the like the threshold, like past. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, no. And I was like, that's why you never had good head. Sorry, that's why you like. Wow. <laughs> Where is the threshold? Is like it's like the you wow. feel it because you feel the head go through and yes. it's like in a different. Damn. <laughs> you can't. None of your friends have died. This sounds you're, deadly. You're like, you're this sounds really deadly like right now. Like, a little bit. Yo, what happened to Amber? She passed then, the threshold and she didn't yeah. ever came back. She yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's in well, EMS learn, right now. You also, you also learn like to like exhale going down, inhale going up. This is a special exhale CPR class. Down, inhale going up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. You print out your <laughs> group texts? This sounds like educational group text here. Like, like well, a we have a group chat called Bag of Entrepreneurial Thoughts where we all just kind of like throw out. Our, we throw out business news <laughs> and we talk about sex. That's literally. Wait, I need to ask y'all then if y'all both the heads of major corporations. Like, <laughs> what is mm. the head of the class? What is <laughs> Mm, one more, one more. Trifecta. Um, the rules of three. Um, since you prefer to be the header, not the quarter. Ah, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's our podcast. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, can you drop a tactic on us? Like, what's something we should be doing besides passing the threshold? If the opportunity calls for the threshold to be passed. I think straight women are underestimate the power of the gooch. And the what? The gooch. What is between, oh, between your booty hole and your ball sack? That space? Or the taint. Some people call it the taint. Okay. And and I think that that what, what Wait, time out. That, Frank, the gooch is where when you go to the doctor and he puts a finger in your ass, right. it's that little thing he tickles so that you're, what's that, the proctologist? <laughs> I think... Maybe that's why he doesn't charge my health, my my insurance. <laughs> he tells me like, "Yo, normally you gotta go once a year, but for you, you gotta go five times." I'm like, "I, right, right. as long as you're not charging my insurance, I'm good, yo." Yeah. But I do think, and it's and it's more that like you know they say like when you're like deep throating and like when you can feel that he's about to come, like to put a little pressure or gives it a little kick. But I think you got to do a little more than that. Yeah. I think even during the regular head, you got to lick it a bit. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, put the pressure on it. If you're feeling nasty, go to the asshole. Guys, straight guys like getting their asshole licked. They just don't know it unless until it happens to them. Really? And I find that that moment is the moment where the dick is at its optimal yes. hardness. Um, and so that's the mm. moment in which I take the opportunity to take over. And so it's like, oh, your dick is hard. Now I'll get on top because that is the type of hard mm. I want to ride. I don't want to ride no semi-hard shit. So that that would be my... my this is like a TED talk. <laughs> this is head talk. Head talk. Head talk. Check the screen here diagram. We don't want softy soft. We want it hard salute. So rub the gooch. 
touching the taint at optimal hardness? Which it, fingers? It depends. So like I tend to put knuckles. Mm -hmm. So like if Whoa. you're if you're like if you're <laughs> if you're okay, so if you're like <laughs> sucking a dick. Yes. Well it's kinda like while you're while you're while you're deep throating ass and like knuckles. you're massaging the balls. <laughs> Don't fuck so her. Like she got ass knuckles. <laughs> She's gonna beat you up with the ass knuckles. Please, let's get those ass knuckles. Ass knuckles. Oh shit, gangbang. Like, I find that I like to kind of massage the balls and then place my fingers behind the balls to then place pressure under it. I pride myself on a no hands technique as well. A no hands technique. That's impressive. That's impressive. Making a guy come without hands. Today, yeah. today, today, really love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no hands, mm. or if you massage, you're massaging the balls, knuckles. Some guys don't like necessarily for you to finger them, but to right. just lightly massage the the area. And yeah, yeah. Um, and I always, I always, yeah, just like the butthole. Don't don't go too deep. Just like nicely, like circular. Yes. As if you're like rubbing the clit in a circular motion. Yes, the yes. Same way. I'm so yeah, into yeah. this. Um, would you agree, Skittles, that with the no hands, a lot of the trick of the technique outside of the consistency is the angling. I find yeah. that when I am at a lower angle and they are standing up and I'm doing that, for some reason, that angle yeah. with no hands is like the trick. It's yeah. like the come trick. Or like if you can't get under them. Why well, do I, I feel like we're sports reporters and we're, t we're talking yeah, yeah. about like a basketball also, game? Always. If you do the angle, you shoot it. <laughs> It's also, like, you, always, you know what I mean? People, one of the ways, and this is a vocal technique as a trained oh. singer. <laughs> la, 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 la. Um, so a lot of people, in order to pass the threshold, you want to make sure that you are lifting your soft palate. So the way you know you're lifting your soft palate, I want everybody to breathe in as if they're about to yawn. You feel that lift in your back of your throat? Yes. Oh, lift yes. the soft palate. You yes. get optimal insertion. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And like sometimes if a guy's curved, you have to like. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 yes. 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 About mm. love and stuff around Valentine's Day. I just think motherfuckers just want to be out here to cuddle, get their gooch licked, and have a good day. And I think we don't need the internet to make <coughs> us feel guilty about that. Absolutely, yes. I agree. Yes. Cheers to that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Ooh, this looks good. Oh my God, this is delicious. I definitely want to taste it. All right, and now we've gotten to our plate of the day. Does funny expire? So, um, we are living in what people call a era of cancel culture, right? And so for those of you who don't know, cancel culture is the idea that once somebody publicly does something that uh, people feel is offensive, that we should collectively stop supporting that person, whether it's stop, you know, not buying from them or, you know, watching their content and hold them accountable to their actions through shunning them, essentially, right? So um, I... You know, I don't, I'm not a comic myself, but I do like to write a lot of comedy. Um, and I find it nowadays, I, I, I stumble a little bit because I'm afraid to um, 
write something that's super offensive and then no one's ever going to fuck with anything that I ever write or do again. Um, but you guys are like masters at, at funny. Um, and you guys have been in the game for quite some time. So I'm really curious about um, where do you guys think the line is drawn with funny? What is the line between disrespectful and, and comedy? We, okay, we just had our sketch comedy show on By the way, I was cackling. Like, but the the like obviously the entire concept and the pitbull was hilarious, but you being the dancer in the background for everything, I was cackling. <laughs> so funny. Yes. She's going to be the curvy <laughs> size 14 girl doing a split yes. and dancing the oh entire my God. time as a backup dancer. I have a time in my fucking life doing that. It was so funny. I didn't even funny. need lines. But anyway, um, just this past Saturday, you guys, I addressed some of those moments where I thought, I don't know if we crossed the line, but we were like double dutching towards it. Mm. It was one of those like, because there were certain jokes Trying, what are you? What are you trying to say? But I'm like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't save me. But then there are certain things with the body positivity issues that I'm like, that's not a good message. I don't know if I can do this. No, it's great. What about you guys? Um, for me, um, well, first of all, I don't want to even come off as saying like I'm a comedian. These guys have been doing it for a long time. Um, I'm just getting into it. I'm just like getting my it's a, it's a very touchy, touchy thing. I grew up in New York City where we used to snap on each other. 
That's how my comedic. I don't ask. My my comedic, uh, um, you know, chops come from. So when I got with them, it was really hard to kind of do what we were doing because I had to like scale it back a little bit. I'm very raw. I'm very in your face. I think comedy was that form where you could kind of go back and forth and just laugh at each other and just you know everything is a joke. But you know nowadays it's like I just think it kind of takes away from the creativity and it just. If it's not coming, I always tell them, I feel if it's not coming from a, a, ma- a malicious uh, intent, then it should go. But, you know, things are changing now. So you got to be, uh, you got to be aware of everyone else's feelings. That's the way I'm looking at it. You know, yeah. you have to, because things are getting very broad and you got to look at what other people are feeling and you have to be cognizant of that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think beyond all of this, I think comedy now is in a space where there are memes and there's uh, Instagram and there's social media. So a lot of jokes, which used to be long form, are you know translated in very quickly. So that puts pressure on people trying to create content because they feel like, oh, how am I gonna get a reaction? And then the other thing too is, is that everybody has a voice. Back in the day, you can make jokes about almost anything and there won't be people calling you out on it. So you have to be very sensitive of a lot of individuals. Uh, I feel like, you know, like 10 years ago, like I had this conversation a while, like Twitter, yo, Twitter, we used to say some crazy shit on Twitter like 10, 12 years ago, like before it became what Twitter is now, right? Um, But I don't know. I think it's just about the effort. Like you can't be lazy about it. You can't go with the quick, funny, not thought out, you know, thought out jokes Um, because at the end of the day, you know, People, you have to relate to it, and so I think if you're just trying to be funny and put down somebody, it's I, I just don't I just don't you know you that's lazy. I just think you have to really like a lot of low hanging fruit, a lot of just easy stuff to say because you're gonna get a laughter. Not really. I don't think you should be doing that. So, what but, is your uh, reaction to the idea that people say that people are too sensitive nowadays and that like. I'm a comedian. Like, I, I have to, you know, it's comedy. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Like, what is your reaction to people who claim that, like, people are just too sensitive now? I mean, for me, I mean, you had Lenny Bruce, you had Richard Pryor, you had Eddie Murphy. Right. You had Red Fox. You had all these guys that went in on every subject <coughs> to the utmost. And, I mean, it kept it, I mean, in my opinion, personally, it kept it real. Right. And it kept it raw. I mean, you can't go, when it's raw, I always tell them, if I'm talking to you real, you can't can't tell me I'm not real. So, I mean, I just come from that perspective. But, again, we're dealing in a whole world, new world where we're kind of seeing different minds and different ideas. And you may just hurt someone and they just like, wow, I hurt you? Oh, shit, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it that way. I always feel, I always tell them if our joking doesn't come from a malicious place, let's go for it. But, we, I mean, we're very cognizant of it all the time. Even when, we, when we're on the podcast, we always think about that, always. And, and, I, and it's interesting because, like, there – Instagram is is a buffet of different types of comics or people who aren't even like comic proper comics but are making comedic content. Um, and I, you know, just referencing back to a lot of dudes on Instagram who are Dominican and like, you know, I'm not gonna name any specifically, but sometimes they make videos that are like hilarious because they speak to something that's true to that, that we're culturally familiar with. 
but are really inappropriate. Like, yeah, like yeah. in like action. I remember I had seen a, a comedy show um, in LA, and it was a bunch <coughs> of Dominican comics. And like, I was first of all super proud um, to be out there and to see all these comics. And then as the content was going up, I went from like ha 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 to like, ooh, I don't even know if I want to be seen laughing at that because I yeah. see the joke. Like, I can see why that is funny, but do they see how this is problematic? And I and I do find that a lot with Dominicans. Like, we joke around and nothing is off limits right. um, for us. But how do you think, um, you know, like, do you think that people who are making that type of comedy have a shot at really succeeding in a, in a climate like this? Or do you think that these guys should be considering sort of, like, revisiting their content and how they put out their jokes? Yo, it depends how they define success. Because mm. if success to them is seven gazillion views on a skit, uh, skit that's what they call it, yeah, one mm-hmm. sketch, on a skit they did for Instagram, they would have an issue. Right. But sometimes others view success as being on network television. And we have to scale <clears> that on a lot of those stereotypes and some of the sketches that we poke fun at. Because it wasn't network friendly. Right. There are certain mandates that networks have. So like it really depends on what the you know, what the goal is, what is the success metric for that comedian. For me, it's paying for diapers. So <laughs> Diapers. Right. <laughs> Got it. Expensive. Yeah. Diapers are expensive. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. No, that's real. Absolutely. No. 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 I thought you were gonna speak because you were like. No. That diaper. The diaper line is deep. I had something, but then the diaper, <laughs> that diaper was deep, so that was crazy shit. But, but I, do think that it, I do think that it is worth sort of exploring that, because I, I do find, like, even as, audi- as an audience member, like, oftentimes we are taking our cues from the, the person who's, like, putting out the content. So I always say people don't think for themselves anymore. They wait until an article the next day tells them what they should have thought about the things that they watch. So Dave Chappelle's recent uh, Netflix specials, well, not so recent now, but, like, that last special, I think he was so eloquent in what he was saying, and I loved it, but a lot of people were just like, bro, Dave Chappelle <coughs> can't last anymore if he's going to keep making these jokes. What were, did you guys watch, watch yeah, the Yeah, I did. What did you guys think about the special? I, I think he knew, like, he is, one of the things is he's very self-aware, mm-hmm. so he knew it was already on that cancel culture, so he dipped his toes into that because he, he's daring people mm-hmm. to be like, try to cancel me. Because I think at, at, at one point, we've gotten too far, and I'm not going to say specifically who, but it's a point where people are canceling people for them to be like, I call that person out. Yes. And that's dangerous because what like Kevin Hart got canceled for something that he apologized and did years back. But there were individuals that literally spent probably hours looking for a tweet that happened in 2012 so they could be the one to be like, hey. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now that if you do take out of context and you make it a soundbite, people are just talking about that. So to me, I think we're I think we're going back now because Bill Barr had a special mm-hmm. some other people are having specials where it's like enough is enough because it's just getting too far and if you're you're calling people out for the wrong reason 
then no one's going to be able to really express what they want to express. And at the end of the day, it, 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 I think it's coming back right now, but it's a little unfair because you have to really put things into perspective and context. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a form of censorship, hmm. straight up. Um, even though you may not agree with what a comic may say, you're censoring them if you're bashing them or throwing them under the bus for whatever they say. So I believe it's a, it's a form of censorship. And that leads to my next question is, which is, what do you think is the responsibility of a comic to, 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 to sort of reflect, uh, you know, the spirit of the times, you know, whether it's through actual satire or through like, even if you're making these jokes that you're prepared to do what? Like, you know, like if I'm gonna make an anti, you know, gay joke, am I prepared to what, donate to an organization that's working to help LGBT? Like, like how do you think comics are now responsible for their content? I've seen a couple of instances, I gotta shout out like a sketch troupe at the Upright Citizens Brigade called The Foundation, mm. where, I, I don't know if all of their sketches, but a very strong percentage of their sketches have to deal with just black humor, mm. and a lot of the stuff, and some of the members of the troupe are black, and the first thing they do in the beginning of the show is they come out and they make like a list of rules. They were like, I everybody, we gonna make fun of black people tonight. You know, whether you're white, or black, whoever's in the audience, you don't need to look at the closest black person to you to see if they're laughing, to see if you can laugh. You can laugh, mm. you know? I don't know, I love that caveat. So my yeah. point is, I think that there's a very articulate and eloquent way of doing it and preparing your audience. You have to know who your audience is, first mm. of all, and know your brand very well, yeah. so you know how to you know, mesh those two elements. But I do think there's a way, look, as comics, we have Right. True to our own common self. Yeah, yeah. That sense. For sure. And, and do you find that the internet has made, has sort of changed the culture of comedy? Like, when I think of comedy, I still very much think of going somewhere on McDougal Street to a little bar and watching somebody do stand-up. You know, even Room 28, like, what was really refreshing about the show for me is that I realized it's been a long time since I just went out and watched people do some sketches. Like, you know, and... and because everything is here now on our phones. Mm -hmm. So how has that dynamic changed the way in which you guys approach your work um, and, and even in the way in which you receive content? Well, for Room 28, um, you know, we took a year off from doing live shows. And it had to do with a lot. We were in Los Angeles a few times last year with the NBC thing. But we got hired to do a shitload of branded content for a non-for-profit organization, which took away from the time that we had to live shows. And it was just a bigger signal in that the way comedy is being distributed is really <coughs> changing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as a brand, we should maybe not change our bread and butter, but at least bring in some jams and jellies into the bread basket. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and if digital is a way to distribute our content in a way that makes sense and a way that Jamie could write and not sacrifice his funny and still attach to a brand to it and it can pay for you know, a trip to Canada for us to be in the Toronto Sketch Fest, then maybe we need to look at that business model too. Right. So I think just like the comedy conduits are very rapidly changing, just mm -hmm. like everything else is, the way we consume. And it takes a lot of work. 
That's a lot of work to figure out where your audience is migrating to, if they're staying in the theater scene and the off-Broadway theater scene, or are they just on Instagram? Mm -hmm. um, well, were any of you guys going to... I just was going to say, because she commented on um, how, I guess, the consumption of comedy is changing so much, and you have this, like, these Instagram comedians and these Twitter comedians who kind of, like, go viral off of you know, maybe something that they're just ranting on or something that they just said really funny and then they get that label of comedian and now all of a sudden they're a social media comedian mm -hmm. and they're trying to make, you know, content that's funny. What is your reaction to that? Because it, you guys as OG comedians and you're talking about kind of bringing in <coughs> that field, what is your reaction to people now all of a sudden having this title of, well, I'm a comedian, but you make Instagram videos and you make... You know. I mean, TikTok culture, TikTok culture, six yeah, seconds, you know. It used to be Vine, too. Yeah. Um, I think there's, like, th I think that's in anything, right? Like, you have Instagram, like, models, and they do some photo shoot in their models. I think that's what social media has done. Social media has allowed people to put it, their titles in a bio because they've done stuff and they have a lot of followers. Right. Um, for me, specifically, I've gotten to a point where I'm not chasing something like I'm not gonna that person says they're an Instagram comedian and they have a lot of popularity I'm not gonna chase it I know who I am and mm. so like at the end of the day even when we were doing Bago and No back in the day we did a certain type of quality so like if I'm going to come up with something it's gonna be well thought out and you know, not to say, like, these Instagram uh, comedians at times, you have to say because they do it so often. It's like fast food. It's like, it's going to be in and out. It's not memorable. The, the ones that are memorable are the ones that you remember six, seven months. But that doesn't come, when you're instantly, when you're doing videos every day, that's like fast food. I'm doing a, a filet mignon. Right. In that. Yes. 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 Not, but. I say that. I say that because there's layers to it. You're not going to get it as often, but it's going to be something where it, it has an impact. Yeah. And I think that that's the same thing if you're doing comedy and you're on television or you're doing something or you're a stand-up comedian and you're going on a tour. So it's, I think it's just, with the, I mean, we can't fault technology, but it is what it is. But like, if you're an Instagram comedian, you're at the pressures of putting out content every single day. And you know what? You, Unless you're a genius, it's impossible to come out with content every single day and have the quality because it's just quick. It's just like, okay, what's going on? It's, oh, it's the coronavirus? Let me do a sketch on the coronavirus for a few days, you know? So it's not, I'm not uh, criticizing that because if I had to do it as well, meaning I have to be an Instagram comedian, I, my quality wouldn't be the same thing. So it's almost like, you know, like... I know from even the room twenty eight days for me when when you when you're doing sketches you're really doing first draft third third yeah. draft you're you're holding on to it you're you're going on set you're taking a day to shoot these sketches to then put them out it's not the same anymore when they're done with the phone so I think unfortunately there are people that probably feel like okay I want to start a, a comedy career I gotta do Instagram because that's how it is and it's like no maybe you could still go that route there are very successful comedians and people that create content that don't have a following on their social media yo and I'm gonna piggyback off of that and say that I think it's okay to be an Instagram comedian we yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah and if that's your voice and that's your stick rock out there's opportunities to make money with that too with right. co-branded stuff on Instagram yeah. now and shit but I also <coughs> think at the same time 
have done our schooling, you know what I'm saying? We did the UPB thing, most of us. We are out there going to other shows. We're learning from our peers. I think that there has to be that realization that it's being an Instagram comedian is a, forgive me for saying this, it's, it's a one-dimensional thing. Yeah. And I think for success, you need to be multi-dimensional. Agreed. And, and you can take that and run with it and give it 100%, but you know, do the schooling thing. Go see other shows, learn the craft. Watch Eddie Murphy Raw. Right, like, right. That all helps, I think, build a very well-rounded comedian. And then those well-rounded comedians will stand the test of time. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and again, I just in case this comes out and it's just <laughs> quoted like that, uh, I was making it the reference of the Philemi Young as far as mm -hmm. the time and care that it takes. <laughs> You know, um, because I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of the Instagram comedians, Ooh, and I love them, and it's very hard what they do. I didn't mean that as shade, but I also... <laughs> I, I also that I was like, comedy oh right God, there. Like, that I was think, comedy right I, there. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> I think that like, there's a certain amount of um, respect that's... And, and the schooling, like, the, there's a respect that goes behind the training and the, and the studying and, like going to see that. So I think that that's where that question was coming from, where this person just kind of like like walks in and gets this title, whereas you've worked for it. Um, but that doesn't mean that, but like to your point, they are working, so it's not yeah. like they're not working. So. Yo, my husband is a DJ, and he's an old school DJ, and he DJs at turntables. Tables, yeah. Anything, I carry fucking records, you know, filtering bitches. Like, you want to hear what but nowadays, there's so many DJs out there because yeah. you can DJ learning it through fucking Nintendo Wii. Like, right, you right. You can DJ with your iPhone. You can say, and, and I always ask him this question. I'm like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, that's their niche. You're right. It's not, it, but it's not a long-term niche. Right. Because eventually the technology is going to change again. Mm -hmm. And I, he's like, I have the foundation of mixing, so I know, I know the BPMs, I know yeah. the real mathematical approach to right. DJ. Right. It's no. the same shit, I think, with comedy and <coughs> being on social media now. Absolutely. Yeah. I thank you guys so much for answering that. I really, I think it's something that, like, as a, as a audience member, like I said, I, I realize and I catch myself and like who I'm watching and like the people I follow and I'm like, wow, it is like instant gratification. And then when they're putting out, like you said, fast food, sometimes I'm like, oh, now I'm bored of this person, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, it kind of sucks because yeah. now we're trained where it's like, if it's not instant gratification, it's like you're it's fucked. Like bad fry. Yeah. The one that yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's yeah. listen, I, I, I've, been watching that even from like when people were putting stuff in Facebook. It's true. It's, you get to understand like when you're uh, people are watching most of the Instagram. They're they're scrolling like this all the time. So they'll look at it. They'll take a look and they go in there. They're following. And you have to understand too is that like people are not unfollowing. Right. They just there. So it gets to a point where when the fresh new Instagram comedian comes out with a different voice, you're like, oh my god, here's my new. And it's just constant on there. 
And as, like I said, there's been, you'll see once in a while where someone creates a content that's not on Instagram. It could be a YouTube. It could even be like four minutes. And you're, and you'll, and that's the one where you will end up sharing it or just saying, yeah. oh my God, because it's really impactful because there's layers to it. And that's the thing that I really take pride in, in, in comedy is that, you know, you could do the quick ones and that makes you laugh instantly, but they're the ones that sit in your mind for a while that hits you because it is comedy, but there's a message. Right. Those are the ones that are really impactful that if you're striving to go to that next level, these executives and these individuals are like, yo, that person has a message and that person is really putting thought to it. So I think that's the thing about it. But that's that's the thing. Like You become slave. Right. You become a slave because you're like, oh, my God, I haven't put up a video in three days. Yeah. And if you really want to get even deeper, these Instagram comedians or even anybody that's creating content on Instagram, mental health, you're constantly connected on social media. You can't take a break. I could go ahead and take a break for a while. But, yo, you, you imagine you're getting notifications, you're getting everything. So that's affecting your mental health as well. If you don't get enough likes of a video that you posted that you thought was really funny, that messes you up. Like, am I losing my touch? When they take breaks, they make the break video. You know? Right, right, right. My biggest, I think, in because like I'm more playwriting. I th I'm such a stage person. I'm a stage baby, and and I now yeah, I'm an actor. I'm an, I do all that stuff, but like in theater, and you know everybody's moved to social now, and so it's harder for me to thrive in that environment because I don't like being stuck on my phone all the time. I don't like having to Instagram and and doing all, it. Really, like Juan is literally my person. Like in for ladies who don't share, like social media manager right here. I can't stand that shit. Put me in front of an audience any day, and I turn on. But like that live, like even on lives, I'm so awkward. I'm like, eh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. what do I do? I feel me like too. a vieja. Like, oh, quinta <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's, it's it's really foreign. But I do respect the art of comedy, and I do really firmly believe in in freedom of speech and being able to just like you know rock out and like if you need to be held accountable, be prepared. Just be yeah. prepared. And so uh, thank you guys so much for this conversation. Yes. Thank you. Yes. yes. Thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. So any shout outs? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Nibs0125 on IG. Shout out to Latinos Out Loud. Shout out to Jamie Fernandez, uh, our other co-host that couldn't be here today. Jamie. Jamie. And thank you very much uh, to you guys for having us. It was oh, a lot thanks of fun. for being here. Thank you. Um, my uh, social media platform uh, handle is Juan Bago on all the platforms. And uh, Latinos Allah. And shout out to Jamie Fernandez. You can find me at Rachel La Loca, R-A-C-H-E-L, La Loca. We do have some shows coming up. We'll go on record saying that we're doing a live podcast at the People's Improv Theater on March 23rd. Tickets are on sale, yes. From 8.30 to 10.30, guests to be announced. And then I'm doing my all-female hilarious Variety show. Yes. Also, yes. Theater, we're moving to the pit on Saturday, April 18th. Our show is at 9.30. Nice. And tickets are also on sale at thepit-nyc.com. Shout out to my brethren at the Latinos Out Loud podcast. A big shout out to you guys and all the podcasters out there. Yes. Remarkable brands. Mm -hmm. Mega brands in the making, people. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and also shout out to you guys because I think you Podcasting <coughs> that like no other media does. 
Yeah. Facts. Thank you. Thank and you guys so much for having us. Thank yes. You. And you guys can find us at Ladies Who Bronche on Instagram and on YouTube. You can find us at Ladies Bronche on Twitter and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. And until next time, Bronche. <laughs>